Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, everyone. Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway... You're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What's up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? You have joined us. Thank you for joining us for a new edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. Thank you once again for joining us if uh, you've been here before, but if you haven't, we are the show that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. One track at a time, I'm your co-host, Mark Kamire, with me as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, what's good? I tell you, not the weather. Uh, it was minus 49 <laughs> with the windshield uh, in Saskatchewan this morning. So skin freezes uh, within minutes in that type of weather. But uh, it's starting to warm up. And uh, I think largely because we've got a couple of great guests on here tonight. We're about to talk some Van Halen. I was going to let the weather slide. I was just giving you free rain, but you brought it up. So while, you know, while you're mentioning it, yeah, it's warm down here too and rainy, which you know what that means. We're in for a new December season of tornadoes down South. Yay. But the good news is all those trees can't be knocked down because they're already gone. They're gone. There's no more trees (laughs) to fall on any more vehicles that time has passed. So I guess bring it on strange weather, uh, December. Am I right? But as you mentioned, we have guests. We are not alone today. Uh, what can you tell me? What can you tell the audience just briefly without revealing who they are? What can you tell me about our guests tonight? Well, I can tell you that um, they're already among my favorite guests. Uh, we were bonding before you even hopped on the call, Mark, about uh, a shared love of ZZ Top. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm trying to talk these guys into maybe branching out and doing a ZZ Top uh, podcast. But uh, if you read the Van Halen News Desk, and by God, everybody should every single day, they did an article not that long ago 
uh, about a, a new Sammy Hagar podcast. And we thought, well, that's just perfect. We got to get these guys on the show, spin the wheel of rock and see if we can get a Sammy tune to talk about. So without further ado, I will turn it over to Mark Kamire to introduce our guests. From the All Sammy Show, actually, it's called the Bogus Otis Show. Brent and Darren joins us on the podcast. Brent, Darren, welcome. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having us. It's an awesome pleasure to be here. We're we're big fans of uh, of you guys, and any chance we get to talk about the mighty VH, we are all in. Hell yeah! Love the show. Glad to be here. Specifically, <laughs> Sammy eccentric, uh, 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 Sammy centered, rather Van Halen. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, we try and uh, keep the the core focus on uh, the Red Rocker, but as um, as Darren coined the title of the show, you know, we're kind of that nine degrees of Sammy. So all the little tentacles that touch him all around, it's all it's all fair game, and it's all good. That's a great answer. Great. Great having you guys here. Uh, cannot wait to see what the wheel has in store for us because the wheel uh, is fickle. And as you can see in front of you, the, the listeners can't see it, but you can see it. The wheel is real. You can confirm that? The wheel is real. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. And it's some, it's <laughs> the songs that are still left, there's killer stuff left, right? It's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, look, I'm looking at what it's just st- sitting on right now, and I'm really upset. Because I really want to do that song. <laughs> That's a Dave tune. We don't want a Dave tune tonight. But before we get any That's further, we, yeah. we we better ask Brent uh, what he's drinking tonight. I love that you asked that question and uh, the fact that you picked up that that's kind of the opening line with um, with our show. I'm usually posing that to Darren, and I'm constantly feeding Darren with bottles of Sammy's Beach Bar rum because he's run out of his, and I have a stash. So um, I think we'll just go tonight. It's a, yeah. it's a little, it's a little pepper up or little uh, Dr. Pepper, little Sammy's beach bar, a nice. little bit of ice and uh, nice and fresh. So for those Canadian listeners, I won't share Brent's address because we can't get it here in, at least on Ontario and Canada. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share the love. Corey, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I'm drinking my usual whiskey and uh, Coke Zero. I'm pretty boring that way. Darren, what do you got yeah. going? Well, I don't have a Sammy... Uh, branded item but it was uh i say was because it's empty but it was a mill mill valley red wine i can't remember the oh, kind nice. but uh it's right. close enough right sure look, look at you all fancy tonight with the red wine <laughs> no more rum right what are you gonna do <laughs> you know what uh, speaking of alcohol uh i have a little conundrum about this weekend maybe you guys can help me i have an opportunity on sunday to go meet gene simmons uh he is actually brewing his own vodka and he's doing a, a signing and he's signing bottles of his own vodka in Regina on Sunday. And I'm kind of on the fence whether or not I should go. Uh, let, let, let's just take a poll of the panel. Should I go to Regina and meet Gene Simmons and get some vodka? Start with Mark. Well, as the song says, experience Regina. Um, right. But I don't I don't know how well you're going to experience a Gene Simmons branded uh, vodka. Uh, <laughs> I might be I, I, I might be uh, more leaning on the side of uh, just go with the skull vodka. Dan Aykroyd, he's a stand up fella. Um, I don't know, but I, I don't know. Do you really want to wait in what is probably a ridiculously long line just to uh, taste some vodka that you may or may not really enjoy? That That's the real question for you, Corey. That's kind of why I'm on the fence. Uh, Darren, what do you think? Well, I have met him before uh, in producing TV shows. He did a voice uh, in the mid-90s where he was kind of the star of it. He produced it. Uh, And uh, are you bringing your wife along? Are you thinking of bringing your wife? 
No, she's working that night, so it's pretty much just going to be maybe one okay. of my kids. I'll, you I'll might want to because uh, he always seems to gravitate <laughs> to those with wives because then he, he always wants to talk to them first. But that could be your ticket oh. to the front of the line, right? There you go. That's a good yes, idea. I would say go. Why not, man? Come on. These guys are getting any younger, right? There you go. Brent, what about you? Yeah, listen, uh, it doesn't get any more iconic than uh, than Gene. And I think uh, with a caveat, if there is a long line that you have to wait in, if they're coming down said line, handing out shots of said vodka, then it's probably worth the wait. Uh, uh, Good call. Good call. You know what? Just shout that you discovered Van Halen and he'll come to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you should if if you do go just wear your and the podcast will rock t-shirt and i'm sure it'll get him asking some questions yes sir we'll do that for sure so it, it, it's it, we, we got two votes for sure so yeah I, I think i'll be heading the highway this weekend to go meet meet gene and, and drink some drink some gene simmons money bag vodka why not let's let, let's hope the wait is indeed worth it uh it's vodka you can't screw it up too hard can you I, I really don't know that's a i'm not an expert in making vodka uh I'm, I'm only an expert in telling you my opinion over a band that i really like see what i did there Corey? i did yep i did <laughs> now uh in, in the interest of keeping things going mark maybe we should go right to the poll from last week and uh it's from a sammy tune uh, so we'll we'll get it these is. guys opinion on, on this track as well but uh last week we covered source of infection from ou812 uh, the vote, uh, pretty uh, pretty definitive again, 72.8%, what dreams are made of, 27.2%, this dream is over. I thought that might be a little bit closer based on some of the comments mm-hmm. we were getting, but uh, at 81 votes, uh, most of the people think uh, it's what dreams are made of. Uh, Brent, if you're voting in that poll for source of infection, how would you vote? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a thumbs up there for sure. I mean, source of infection, kill, killer lick, and again, it's uh, Sammy at his absolute screaming vocal best in on that tune so yeah i'm i'm a part of that 72 percent full show awesome darren uh i love it i feel like it's the hoffer teacher of the van hagar years oh nice correct that is the correct answer (laughs) and of course mark and i were both uh thumbs up on that one as well Oh yeah, the song rips, but uh, but I'm curious as to see uh, what everyone else is saying. Uh, would you please, Corey, tell us the uh, the commentary on the poll? All right, let's start with Matt, who says uh, one song that should have made it onto the set list along with Me Wise Magic. No argument there, except uh, yeah. and Tom pointed out. Uh, I can see why it's not though. Those octave leaps can be rough, and Sammy gets high on that chorus, so maybe that's why they didn't really perform that one live. That's a good point. Uh, good buddy George uh, from the Judas Priest cast says, this is most definitely a what dreams are made of. Source of Infection is a great blast of old school Van Halen energy. The fast songs are my jam. So there's another thumbs up from George. Thank you, George. Uh, C. Barnett says, very few Van Halen songs are this dream is over, mostly because it's hard to be a complete, hard to be at a complete loss with Ed, Al, and Mike. Even Sammy's weak lyrics and a weaker production do not doom it completely. Ooh. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure we'll probably get into it at some point, but it's do not let me forget to uh, talk to Brent and Darren about uh, how they feel about uh, Sammy lyrics, as it were. And on yes. the whole, <laughs> that ready. is a running I'm theme, ready. a running theme in the comments here. Here's one uh, from the Maiden <laughs> A to Z podcast. One of our brothers from the Deep Dive Podcast Network. They said, yeah. nah, it didn't work for me. 
this was a mess. And that base thin and super saturated 1988 mix didn't help it either. Sorry, boys. Sorry, boys, but the dream is over on this one. However, I did enjoy having my main man Greg back on. And compared to how many say I, it was a decent tune. So that was from John uh, from the Maiden Hades <laughs> podcast. Uh, not not a fan of the track, but uh, Greg was no, actually he voted uh, voted up uh, thumbs up for it with us on that one as well. That surprises me a little bit that uh, that John went no, but uh, yeah, I get it, I guess. Yep. Uh, the Deep Purple Yule cast, see what I did there? Uh, they said, enjoyed nice. this one. Solid album track for me. So thanks for that uh, comment there, boys. Uh, Robert Cato says, another great episode for one. As I've stated before, I love all of Van Halen. Uh, so uh, C-L-S-Y, can't stop loving you. That was the song that we uh, used the mulligan on there, Mark. Uh, Would have been fine by me, but I respect the opinion of others to use the mulligan. Source of Infection is such a jam. The band is one fire, and the background harmonies are amazing. And uh, was, it was kind uh... of funny. <laughs> we, we were talking about the uh, after the show. Mark is very positive to Can't Stop Loving You. Uh, Greg was very, very negative to Can't Stop Loving You. I was kind of in the middle. So it was kind of a mm-hmm. battle to see which way I was going to go on that one. So when that <laughs> one does come up, uh, you'll have to stay tuned because we'll, we'll talk about it then. Uh, our old buddy, Old Handsaw, says, I'm sure the song will be great when someone finishes writing lyrics for it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm not even, get, for one, I'm not going to fight you on the fact that it's, it, the lyrics are what they are and we said our piece. And then also, I'm not going to fight you on the fact because Old Handsaw said it. And damn it, we love Old <laughs> Handsaw. So that's exactly the perfect kind of thing he would say. We appreciate you. Take it. That's drink. right. All right. Uh, Trockman5150 says, absolutely what dreams are made of. A forgotten track for sure. All killer and no filler on this one. Perfect all the way through. Insane guitars, drums, harmonies, and vocals. And as we go back and forth on silly lyrics, Sammy's chatter fits perfect on this track. So there you go. There's somebody who actually liked the the, uh, lyrics on Source of Infection. So Thank you. Uh, Josh. man. What do you want, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Sam even said, we're just fucking around and having fun. So right. nothing wrong with that. Uh, Josh says, production was thin, lyrics phoned in. Didn't matter, still had all the Van Halen swing, charisma, and swagger. So, yeah, We don't have the time to dissect the lyrics of every song and say which ones are phoned in and which aren't. That would be a completely separate thing, I think. Um, and we just, you know, Corey and I can only do so much per episode. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, the Sammy Hager boy is going to love this one from Greg Zito. I support Mark's decision to use a mulligan for Greg. He deserved it after uh, how many say I. I wish Sammy had taken a mulligan on those lyrics for what is an otherwise great track. Eddie Van Halen saves the song and makes it what dreams are made of. (laughs) Again, I'm not going to (laughs) argue. I I get the feeling Darren and Brett might have some comments. Maybe let's go to them and see what they have to say about the lyrics of Source of Infection. Oh man. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, listen, a, a running theme for us is poor, poor Sammy is constantly getting panned for his lyrics by, you know, the, the Roth fans. And in some cases, rightly so, um, you know, I, we can run down these lyrics and, you know, I probably could have written them myself is, is the honest truth, but at the end of the day, it's still about the delivery and the power. And mm-hmm. to me, you know, Sammy could be singing Mary had a little lamb, but he sings it the way he sings it. And it's uh it's, it's always a winner. I don't know. I'm, I'm with him. And like I said before, it's, it was 1988. What are you expecting? Uh, you know, I just love it because they were having a blast and having fun. They, and, you know, I feel like they put the FU in fun and that's what I liked about that era. They were having a blast playing that music. So really, you know, I come for Eddie. 
stay for Sammy. Uh, the lyrics, if they're great, uh, that's a bonus. If they're mediocre, whatever. I'm good. There yeah, you as, go. as long as the music fits. Yep. Yep. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's some real uh, Dave diehards who hate everything Sammy ever did. And uh, <laughs> I, it, it's true. I, I know it's true. That's shocking, why Darren and Brent are our real names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Bruins fan 71, he, he's going to address those 27%. Who voted against this song and he said 20 27% of you want Dave to sit on your lap with his chaps on and no underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so ba basically saying fuck you. Sammy had some good stuff with Van Halen too. Very eloquently put, Bruins fan. Appreciate it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Sean Geek from the Sean Geek and Fast Red podcast said, uh, I like a lot on OU812, mostly because of history with the album. It is my Van Hagar album, and I really like the faster Halen songs like this one. I can't separate my experience with this on from the quality, though. I can only upvote it. So there you go. Well Nothing take. wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray says, I'm admittedly more of a Dave guy. I've never heard this song. Hearing this song also made me realize that Sammy somehow sang on Hot for Teacher. Terrible lyrics, great guitar, vocals, and drums. It's Hot for Teacher with a loud yet small smattering of Sammy up front. So there's another... Hot for teacher uh, comparison yeah, it's, from Ray. It's the opening, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's the opening. It's the fact that it just it keeps driving. It's just like just a drive of a song. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities there. It's like a yep. super juiced up boogie, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, False premise says uh, instrumentation nine out of ten, lyrics one out of ten. The closest comparison for this song in the Dave era is Sinner Swing. That one has some real DLR street poetry on it. <laughs> Uh, street street poetry you know yeah. I, I actually this is interesting i i never really put sinner swing and source of infection together but now that someone said that i i can i can kind of see that comparison mm -hmm. yeah there's something there yeah i thought that worked uh our good buddy chaz mataz says uh so self-derivative deaf leopard laughs at it ouch there's a shot at deaf leopard another wow band yeah. the sammy should have sung hot for teacher and called it a day so I mean, would you, the audience, have accepted Sammy's version of Hot for Teacher? Like him actually singing Hot for Teacher. Would any of you remotely accept it? I would, but would you? That's my rebuttal. Yep. Uh, oh, Kevin Brown from the uh, Tom Petty Project and from the Seaside Pod Review, uh, the Queen Podcast, uh, says, I can't get past those lyrics. Musically, it's tight, but suffers more than most on OU812 from the audio design and production. And Eddie is on fire, but... I don't mind a word salad if it's well seasoned, but these lyrics seem seem to have been metaphorically dipped in human shit and then set on fire. Even a great vocal performance doesn't rescue it for me. Wow. Wish now, they were honest. Would, Just be honest about your feedback. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Brown is nothing if not honest, and we appreciate yeah. that about him. But my thing is, you could you really want to compare those lyrics? Well, do you not remember "Up for Breakfast"? That's that's my. Come on now. Like you think these lyrics are that bad, like compared to Up for Breakfast? Like I tried defending Up for Breakfast, and as Corey kept pointing it out, you can't. You can't defend that. That, that that's probably the, the low mark for me when it comes to Sammy's Up for Breakfast. Like he doesn't have the delivery like he did on Source of Infection. That's why I mean, that really that, elevated yeah. that song for me. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, Kevin ho is hoping for some positivity this week. He's he's hated the last two songs we did, so hopefully we spin something good for Kev tonight. <laughs> Uh, Gene Hickey says, uh, the lyrics or lack thereof never bothered me back in 88 and they still don't now always looked at this song as just a band having fun. And it still stomps today. 100% 
Love it, Gene. I agree totally. That's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff Fisher, I, I love this comment, says, uh, I would have voted thumbs down before listening to the episode. Now I just added it to my playlist. Yeah, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, that rocks. Uh, David Lee Smith says, I can see why Sammy referred to this song as Ugh. The guave worm that he ate in Cabo Wabo was his source of infection, and he became your obnoxious drunk uncle during that particular day. Despite the annoying production, this song musically is what dreams are made of for me. Yeah, he also uh, points out, uh, if Sammy called this song a joke, well, then I say it's a joke that falls flat as a pancake, or I mean pound cake. Ha, ha, ha. There's a little dad joke oh, from David Lee Smith. Oof. Yeah, well, well, we, you know, dad jokes or no, we appreciate it. Sammy did kind of call this song a joke, but I think more that they were just, you know, having fun uh, yeah, recording this I mean, thing. And it, it, it comes through, and it's fun to listen to. Yeah, it's not a problem, I don't think. Yep. Oh, Chaz Mataz is back, and he says, I downvoted, and I so dirty need a shower. Don't hate the virtuosity. Dislike that it's self-derivative. In my honest opinion, 100 times worse than a cover. Ouch. Hot for Teacher Redux. Uh, does the same run two times at the main solo, even the, the taping and drum intro. In my honest opinion, played it so a few times because he was embarrassed. I, that is a take. That's a, that's a take. <laughs> We're good on you, Chaz. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. like, I got no, I got nothing to get, uh, nothing to say to that. <laughs> uh, only two left. Uh, Ryan Powell says, uh, "Can't fault Mark the Bat for using his mulligan, but I feel I need to defend those songs. This is a great track. Uh, issue is not lack of bass in the mix, but the bass tone is all mid and high, no depth." Still great interplay and solos, all three. Yeah. 100% agree. The, yep. The consensus here is I don't think not just uh, Sammy's lyrics are awful. It's that the production quality uh, really kind of uh, does not do any favors for any songs on this on this album. And I agree with you all on that. You know, it bothered me less actually on Source of Infection than on other tracks in OU812. So I'm opposite of Kevin on that one too. I thought the production yeah. on that song alone uh it was pretty good actually can i jump on it that it certainly for a quick stands second? out better yeah, yeah you bet. go ahead well for you know for uh for fans who love bootlegs to me there's a bootleggy quality to ou812 that's rough and raw like kind of bootleggy so for for you know for fans who love their bootlegs i'm surprised this one gets beat up so much oh, that's a good point and there's some banging tracks we got a big one that we haven't done yet uh black and blue that i can't wait for maybe i'll manifest oh, yeah. that here tonight uh, but our final comment is from Scott Monroe, uh, who says, uh, I adore the intro and really enjoy the overall speed and playfulness. Harmonies are on point and Sammy's range inflection on the chorus is just so good. Probably my favorite deep cut on the album. That's a great comment to end it on. I couldn't agree more. Hell yeah. Thank you all for your participation. Uh, keep it up. Keep uh, interacting. Let us know how you feel, whether or not some of those takes are on point or it's not it's not for us to decide it's for for you guys to decide we appreciate uh the the involvement but with that being said Corey, i think it's time to get into the show we've got uh the sammy hagar boys with us so what do you say we do a little say it with me everyone manifesting that's right Shots. good job <laughs> take a shot uh Brent, Darren, you guys, uh, you do a Sammy Hagar podcast. One might assume, I'm not going to do that, but one might assume you're going to naturally just gravitate towards wanting to do a particular Sammy Hagar song, but maybe you don't. So Brent, let me start with you. What song tonight on the show do you want to manifest that we can talk about? Or maybe not just a song. Is there something from a particular album you want to hear? 
Yeah, I, I love it. Um, in the category of manifestation, for me, I'm all about the balance. And we we did a, a an episode a few episodes ago, kind of deep dive into balance. And you know, was it the fair warning? And did it foreshadow the split? Um, for me, balance is one of my absolute favorite uh, Sammy VH era albums. And I'm going to go manifest Amsterdam. Oh, that's a big one. Uh, Mark's been waiting for that one for a while. <laughs> well, somebody has in this household, that's for sure. So, <laughs> and then uh, we could yeah. really get into lyrics, right, Brent? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. then we can. But uh, Darren, how about yourself? What uh, what particular track or a uh, particular era do you want to manifest on the show tonight? Well, I don't want to step on Corey's uh, shoes because we're the guests here. But as the you know, as a guitar player as well as you, uh, Mark. Uh, I'm going to go mm-hmm. with Black and Blue because uh, that's one of my favorite tunes to play on guitar. It's a lot of fun. It's a, If you're not, you don't have to be an Eddie Wizard to be able to master that riff. Uh, so when I first learned how to play guitar, that was the first actual riff. I'm like, damn, I can play Van Halen. Uh, so it's accessible, right? So I love that. I got a nostalgic place in my heart for Black and Blue. That's a, a special rite of passage for any guitar player when you you finally figure out a uh, a Van Halen riff and you're just like yes I've done it it's possible um, it is possible <laughs> yes um kudos to that so well hey Corey I mean you can still manifest black and blue if you want uh maybe double the manifestation double the chances who knows but I'll throw it back to you anyway um do you want to manifest that or do you have a backup well I tell you what uh, I wouldn't be mad at uh, black and blue it may I don't want to tip my hand it may or may not be my favorite track off of OU812. Uh, I'll let you know when we spin it. But I was thinking uh, a Sammy track, of course, because we got the Sammy boys on here. we got the bro boys on here. But I'm thinking more 5150 and maybe the first ever song. When you popped on 5150 for the first time, say you dropped that needle on that vinyl, what's the first thing you heard? You heard Hello Baby and Good Enough. That's what I'd like to hear tonight. <laughs> Hello Baby. That, well that means uh, you're listening to And the Podcast Will Rock, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that yeah. what happens? Yeah. That That's intro? on there yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's, <laughs> let's hope for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I myself am going to manifest uh, a Sammy tune as well. However, I'm going to be so broad and just go, I want to hear something from the fuck album. I knew Anything. that was coming. Give me, give me <laughs> for unlawful carnal knowledge. Like it, it doesn't matter what it is. And I know those are going to be my dying words, but uh, that's what I'm going to try and manifest because I love that album. Uh, there are a few tracks I would love to discuss just because they're great. There are some tracks I would love to discuss just because I really want to see uh, Corey's uh, reaction. Uh, that's <laughs> that's just for selfish reasons. It's fine. But uh, yeah, the fuck album. Let's uh, That's what I'm going to bring to the table. It's a great album, minus a couple of tracks. But um, uh, be- before we spin the wheel, uh, I'm going to give it a shuffle. And I'm going to give it 10 shuffles tonight because our Ooh, friends at 10. the Bogus Oda Show have 10 episodes out. Episode 10 Ooh. dropped today, talking everything live without a net. And God, I love that show because uh, I, th- I think you asked uh, in the description of the show, um, is it the greatest concert home video ever filmed? And the answer absolutely is yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to shuffle it 10 times. Everyone's watching here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're sitting on. Oh, wow. We're sitting on a stinker. That's okay. Uh, we're going to go to Sammy <laughs> here and we're going to spin this wheel. Well, if uh, Darren, Brent, if you guys are ready, Corey's ready. I'm ready. All that's left to go is Sammy. Warm up the pipes and hit us with it. Let's spin that wheel. Here 
It's not a Sammy track. It is not. <laughs> the wheel said, fuck you all. <laughs> so that's I'll Wait from 1984. One of the biggest Dave albums. Of course, we have the Sammy guys on the show, and we spin uh, a big track from 1984. Uh, Mark, uh, maybe course. tell us a little bit about uh, uh, 1984 and your memories of it. I mean, the the biggest standout there is uh, this is the song with uh, two of my absolute favorite Van Halen tracks and probably two of the most famous, uh, certainly one, the most famous song comes from this album. So uh, needless to say, this one, this one got a lot of play when I finally uh, kind of ventured out of my uh, small circle of the uh, the best of and some of the early Van Halen albums, i.e. one and two. Uh, and when I was really kind of doing an exploration, I really got into this one because this has so many good tracks with 1984. I mean, need I need I mention Jump? We've already talked about Hot for Teacher. Uh, there's Panama, Drop Dead Legs. I mean, this is like I, I don't think there's a single bad track off of this album whatsoever. Um, there are, I have songs that I like a little bit more than others, obviously, but uh, I don't think this one has a lot of bad. This is, as you say, a big album for the band. Some might even argue the biggest. Um, how about yourself, Corey? Well, 1984 was like uh, my first real Van Halen album. Uh, I, I got into Van Halen watching much music uh, up here in Canada and, uh, you know, the Hot for Teacher video and uh, Jump and all those. So uh, I'm very familiar with I'll Wait. I don't want to tip my hand too much and talk too much about it before we listen to the song, but uh, this is a big one, one that a lot of people have been waiting for off of 1984, uh, credited uh, songwriting-wise to all four members and Michael McDonald uh, in the UK anyway. In the US, he was never credited uh, as, a, as a co-writer on this one. But uh, <laughs> uh, Brett, uh, it's not a Sammy tune, but it's a pretty good Dave tune. Uh, what do you think about 1984? Yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, my my quick history uh, of being introduced to this band was uh, it was June of 1984. It was our grade seven year end class party. And a buddy of mine brought in the Diver Down album. And it was the first time that I'd ever seen anything by Van Halen. And so he kept spinning tunes off of Diver Down. And then about three weeks later, it was early July. It was my birthday. And I saw a little clip of the US Festival show that was shown on a, a local cable station up here. And I said to my parents, I need to have the 1984 album for my birthday. And it was the first album that I owned from this band. And uh, yeah, it's not Sammy, but I'm actually pretty excited to chat about this tune. It's it's killer. It rocks. Right on, right on. Darren, how about you? Uh, I'm in the same boat. I love. I, I kind of string some of these songs together, and I feel like "I'll Wait" <laughs> is the precursor to uh, "Love Walks In," which is then the precursor to "Feel So Good." I love, and uh, dare I say it, "Up for Breakfast," which is that kind of thumping. Uh, nothing against Mike on, on the bass, but I love that kind of thumping uh, keyboard uh, synth bass. I love it here, right? And the drums are killer on this on this particular song. Uh, I, I was just uh, referencing the Van Halen Encyclopedia, which you had its author. Uh, on your show in episode nine, uh, CJ Chalvers, right? Or Chilvers? Chilvers. Chilvers, yeah, yep. Awesome guy. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking at the encyclopedia and he says, uh, I'll Wait is one of the two songs Dave and Ted Templeman wanted left off of 1984 because of the keyboards. The other song was Jump. 
So Brent and I talked about this on our uh, most recent episode, uh, Live Without Net, because we're saying, you know, I'll Wait could have been a song that could have easily slipped onto 5150, right? Maybe you could have heard a version of this in an alternate universe uh, with Sammy singing it, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think there seems to be uh, a pretty well-known tale that Dave was, you know, kind of anti-keyboard and wanting to, you know, keep the guitar god on the guitar and steer away from from anything related to to the keyboard stuff. And so having him wanting this album to be, or excuse me, this song to be left off the album, I think, um, isn't that also what sort of led to um, the, the the him not being able to finish the lyrics and Michael McDonald ended up you know, kind of coming in and, and helping to, to, to put the rest of it together. So there's, there's a little mystique and, uh, and there's some cool elements, uh, kind of the backstory of this tune. Yeah. Uh, legend has it, uh, Dave had trouble completing the melody. Uh, so that's why, uh, they brought in, uh, Michael McDonald from the Doobie brothers, uh, and the rest <laughs> is kind ringer. of history. What a ringer yeah. to bring in. <laughs> Like, like to help figure out a melody is like who who can we possibly call that's gonna help us out let's not get another fellow uh you know rock and hard rock uh lyricist uh that we're touring with all the time no 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 shoot for gold we're going to michael mcdonald he's over there uh he's over there recording with uh steely dan and kenny loggins but he because he's got time to figure this out real quick and sure enough there you go and that was all through the Ted Templeman connection, because I believe in his uh, in his book, oh, there's yeah. a section on yep. you know how that all came to play, right? Yep, that's amazing. That is so amazing. I did not know that. About, and he wasn't paid, uh, right? He wasn't paid for this apparently, right? Credited? Yeah, I don't think paid. he was. Yeah, he was credited in the UK, but not in the US. Yeah, but paid in neither <laughs> got... neither not paid in either country, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, but you know he he got his name on paper somewhere in there, and that's that's probably all that mattered to him. He's like, it's fine, it's fine. I got my name on Van Halen. I'm I was good. gonna say in 1984 for uh, the Doobie Brothers to be associated with Van Halen. Come on, yeah. But uh, yeah, that is a Van fun, like the fun piece of trivia there. <laughs> biggest band in the world at that time, so yeah, that's a good call. What do you say, boys? Should we listen to a little uh, "I'll Wait" from 1984? Let's do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Here we go. <laughs> Mark, thoughts on that intro? I, I really kind of dug just 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 the keyboards and, and just the symbol work of Alex on that, just to to bring it in. Nice build. N- now all I can think of uh, <laughs> Doobie Brothers presents Van Halen. Here you go with this little <laughs> this key <laughs> intro. And now I can't even see Eddie behind the keys. I see Michael McDonald's ass <laughs> back there. He's just like, it's like I'll tell you when to come in, Dave. All right. <laughs> Just over there just like plucking away and i that is that's is so funny to me um so it just it gives me a whole new perspective on this song but i love that intro actually it's uh i love subverting expectations when it comes to van halen songs like if you had no inclination that this was van halen and you heard this intro would you automatically assume that's van halen 
No, yeah, they're all no, shaking their no, head. No, not at all. No, yeah. no. no way. <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah, I would have thought uh, like someone like John Cougar Mellencamp or like Steve Winwood, something like that. Uh, but Steve no, Winwood, yeah. Yeah, there you go. But it's Van Halen indeed. So I love this intro, and I, I love that it's uh, it's not your typical. It's not your norm. Yeah, for me, it's uh, the, the the power of that little drum roll, and then kicks into that the, the bottom end with the with the bass. It just that th- the thumping beat all the way through this song. It, it's another one that to me is just uh, I think begging to be played live, um, far 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 beyond the 1984 tour, and it it, it should have been a staple tune on set lists for yeah. you know tours to come for sure. I agree. I think because of the keyboards uh the attention's pulled there like eddie on keyboards uh i think this is a alex song and i love not to get too inside baseball guitar gear or gear wise but i think there's a bit of flange on the drums that sounds killer on this particular song i think to me this is an alex killer tune i love that you said that it definitely does feel like an alex tune i 100 percent agree with you but because brent brought it up this is one of my favorite things uh, we're gonna play how many times do you think van halen played this song live we're gonna do this price of right rules uh, you got to get closest to the number without going over. So uh, let's start with Mark. Let's leave the, uh, leave the guests a moment to think about this one. Mark, how many times do you think Van Halen played I'll Wait live in concert without going over? Man, oh, without going over. Okay. In their entire career. I'm going to say they played this a good old whopping 105 times. 105 times. All right. Darren, what do you think? I'm going to go with the exact number of uh, tour dates for the uh, different kind of truth tour. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 60 times. 60 times. All right, Brent. Wow. I'm going to go uh, 150, 150 times. 150. And Mark, what was yours again? 105. 105. Brent takes it. The correct answer is 280 times. Wow. Oh, dude. My Look first guess was two was right at 200. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 280. <laughs> so was this a staple no. on, the, on the 84 tour? Because I, I was really, I made that joke because I thought the only kind of dug it up to, on the uh, different kind of truth. Yeah. No, they played it 106 times uh, on the 84 tour, but they also played it in 07 and 08. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Did and they then, really? uh, yeah, and then on the Wolfie tours, 2012 and 2015 oh, as well, 2013 too. So yeah. I wonder if that's because Wolfie likes playing it. Could be. I think he was kind of in charge of the set list on those tours, right? Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Yeah, I think absolutely. The the 07, 08 run, uh, 212, and for sure 2015, I, I think he largely dictated the set lists on all three of those tours. And the, the other guys, even though, you know, they're the ones in charge, probably just looked at Wolfie and went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's that again? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, no, this, um, just as, as Dave gets going with the lyrics here, I, I think the the big question is when you first heard this song or first first uh, got the album and, and went through it and, and heard these lyrics, didn't everybody automatically assume that when Dave says, you know, I have your picture, I know it well, another page is turned, got it from a magazine, everyone's thinking it's it it's clearly a, a, a dirty magazine of some kind, right? Like this is in... You know, going down the porn road, and I, I think, what what was the 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 clarification? It was, um, wasn't it like a, like a like a GQ kind of magazine? It, it was almost like a sort of a fashion sort of an, an ad or something that was his inspiration. It was a Calvin for Klein the ad. Calvin yep, Klein. Calvin Klein. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but didn't didn't everybody go? I mean, he's obviously talking about it's you know got to be from Playboy magazine or something like that, right? You want to hear it's something embarrassing, though? Assumption. Yeah, it is, it is. But when I was a kid and I popped on 1984, I thought he was—I thought it was a yearbook. He was talking about his teacher because the song that preceded this was "Hot for Teacher." <laughs> for teacher—that's interesting. <laughs> I, That's, I, yeah. I was ten years old and I thought it was a concept album. Oh, he's talking about his teacher again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> that that right there is a is a Canadian uh, rock fan who's listened to a lot of Rush, so everything. <laughs> We can't escape it here, right? It's true. I wasn't even listening to Rush in 1984. I was only 10 years old. It was. I understand. You have you have to graduate to that uh, that particular That's right. realm. Yeah. That's I right. Yeah. You. Yeah. When when you're given your first pack of smokes and your first uh, you know 12 pack of Labatt's uh, and your toque, uh, <laughs> you're given the entire Rush discography. You got to know this. That's called the Canadian baptism right there, yeah, I think. Right right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that happens when Love you turn it. 19 in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oh, that chorus, Mark Kamire. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Oh, that that chorus is lovely. But I'm I'm suddenly, uh, as we're listening to this, I'm being flooded with the memory of. I've mentioned before uh, a lot of my early Van Halen education came from just taking car rides, uh, you know, with my folks or whatever, uh, and they would show up on the radio, 
everybody every rock station didn't matter if it was uh for the newer rock or older rock classic rock whatever they would play van halen always this song definitely got some radio play uh during my childhood years and i'm i keep thinking it was an embarrassingly long number of years before i even realized that was van halen because i I mentioned steve winwood earlier because it's like i thought that was just steve winwood because it sounds like a uh, song he would do uh i'm quite sure he has done a song similar to this but you know the vocal the only thing that stopped me from truly believing it was steve winwood was the vocals and then of course you know eddie van halen of course but for a long time i was not convinced that was van halen i thought my parents were messing with me when they said no no this is van halen you're like you'll like this song like that's that's <laughs> not them it doesn't that? sound anything like them yes well i was about to jump on there too because uh up to this point in the song there's not a lick Pardon the pun of Eddie. Oh no, no! So far, there's not a pick slide, a tapped harmonic, uh, you know, some uh, you know doubling guitar in the back. There is zero Eddie. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's on keyboards, but guitar-wise, there's zip so far, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. This is. I, I'm. I'm glad we stopped at the chorus. I. I would say, um, lyrically, this is probably one of my favorite choruses of any Van Halen tune. And the thing that I love about it the most is there's no repetition in it. There isn't a single word that is repeated more than once. It's just like mm-hmm. the chorus is just, it. it's like the lyrics just kind of keep on going. It's mint, mm-hmm. mint, best chorus. Yeah. It's like a single thought that he's like, he's hitting you with to the point. Yes. You know, he's, not, totally. he's not trying to, not trying to like overly reiterate. It's like, let's, uh, you might as well do this. Go ahead and do this. Go ahead. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Absolutely about that. I wrote a letter and told her these words Yeah, I'm going to uh, acquiesce to the uh, experts on the panel here, but Dave's not really out front uh, in, in the mix here. There, there's some sort of effect on his vocal, and he's kind of back. You're hearing a, he's right on par with the keyboards. Uh, yeah. I'm used to like earlier Van Halen albums with Dave where he's kind of up front and, and charging with the vocal. He, he's kind of uh, back here. It's kind of cool. Yeah, you're right. Like that's why I keep saying this is Alex song because the drums are just so you know so in the mix out front, so large. It's just you hear that that undeniable Alex snare, right? It's nice to give Big Al a little bit of love, right? He 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 never yeah. does. He never does get the get the cred. And you're right. It, it his his voice is it, it is kind of a little back in the mix and almost kind of subtly there. But I think it fits the vibe of the tune, right? It's kind of like a you know, it's it's upbeat but brooding at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like he's in an echo chamber uh, with the keyboard. Like it, it almost feels like uh, this might be a Ted Templeman thing, where he said, "Let's let's get you and the keys like right there on par with one another." And it almost kind of sounds like uh, they're singing in the same chamber, uh, yeah. both both the keys and uh, the vocals. Um, but I have to wonder. You mentioned uh, Alex being sort of in the uh, in the center of it all. It's very drum centric, very Alex centric. I wonder if that's because Eddie and him had a conversation. Eddie said, I'm just going to play keys on this one. So, you know, you do what you do, but I'm just going to stick on keys. So Alex like, Oh, okay. I'll do what I do. Sure. (laughs) I've always seen this as like the, uh, the antithesis to, to jump because jump is so like progressive out, go do it. 
And this one's like timid, like hanging back. I'll wait. Like not, it's like the opposite of jump, right? Even like yeah. vibe mm-hmm. and even like the mix wise, you know, Dave is so <laughs> and, front and jump. And then this one, he's like, you know, it's a little bit more subdued in the back. Right. That's so cool to look at it that way. You got the two big keyboard yeah. tracks on 1984. Yeah. And, and they're and very they're diametrically almost... yeah. opposed. Right. Darren loves the uh, Darren loves the two for thing. We we've talked a lot about that, and some of the things we want to talk about is you know kind of kind of putting two tracks back to back. So, I guess it's what is it? Go ahead and wait. Then is that what's happening? Kind of right. Go ahead and wait. (laughs) (laughs) And it really, I mean, that speaks volumes about just the dynamics of the band themselves. Just uh, because, yeah, you can put these two songs back to back, and and while they uh, follow sort of instrumentally similar structures they are vastly different as you said this is like the opposite of jump well, yeah right on right down to the lyrics as well because i was gonna look, say it points to where they were heading right could you ever imagine daily roth saying i'll wait for anything <laughs> no uh and these are these like, are really good lyrics, lyrics? Like, yeah. like dave sing this I'm not going to wait. What are you talking about? I have to point out, you know, because I don't, I'm sure everyone will scream at me if I don't. Uh, these lyrics by Dave are wonderful. These are really good lyrics. They are. Whereas cool. Jump's lyrics, spoiler alert, are, are, is a bunch of nonsense, really, when you break it down and we'll get there. Um, I have to wonder, though, did Michael McDonald have any influence whatsoever on the lyrics or did he only do the melody? I thought it was. Ly- I could be wrong. I'm sure we'll break the internet if I say the wrong thing, but. Uh, I thought it was lyrics as well that Dave usually drives around in his Hoffer teacher convertible trying to figure out the lyrics. I'll have to go back to the Ted (laughs) Temple book, but I thought it was lyrics that he was stumbling with and Michael McDonald kind of came in and, you know, carpenter together for them, right? Uh, thinking back to the Ted Templeman book, uh, as, as far as I, I think he said that it was the melody and the lyrics he was having trouble with. So, but do we know exactly Uh which line it was or? No, I, I don't remember. No. No, but I mean, I don't know. It just, uh, n- and I'm not trying to knock on Dave too hard in his lyric writing. I'm just saying like, these are pretty, pretty well, more well done than you would I get. I can't think about how to write uh, about waiting for something. <laughs> <laughs> Someone help See, me. Darren, you're asking the wrong two guys. As our reviews on the podcast show, we don't know fucking anything. We don't know yeah. fucking anything. <laughs> that's that's why I'm asking questions because I don't know. So we should, you know, help Diamond me. Doesn't, Diamond doesn't write write about waiting for anything. What is this? I'm stumped. <laughs> I I think you're onto something though. I mean, Dave's always been witty with his lyrics. Mm-hmm. He was he was always very smart and witty. But this, the lyrics to this song are like, it's, it's like reading a book. It's like storing, mm-hmm. telling a story, right? Yeah. It's, it's very yeah. different. I mean, usually he's catchy with phrases and rhyming and all of that, but this is actually weaving a really, a really powerful story, right? It's cool. Exactly. Is that a Michael McDonald trademark? I don't listen to a lot of Doobie Brothers. Uh, do we have any Doobie Brother experts on the panel here tonight? I'm not an expert. Uh, my, my mother is. But uh, and she would tell you, yes, he he's good at painting word portraits in his lyrics, um, even if they're simple, even if they're very, very simple. Like what a fool believes is not exactly uh, you're not going to win a Pulitzer for those lyrics, but they're very good and well done. And the melody as well. So I don't know. I just thinking about how the melodies flow in this particular song. And you mentioned Michael McDonald, and I'm reading these lyrics. I have to wonder that, like, okay, he probably had a little bit of a hand in uh, writing them because it just it feels like that's probably the case. Yeah, I I think uh, I think you're right. It's it's kind of like uh, you know, without love, where would you be now? Right, simple, but 
It's 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 catchy. You you could see. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if he's got his hand on these lyrics in in a bigger way than you know was even revealed in uh, in the Ted Templeman book. Probably. talking about billy gibbons and i know around this time they became pretty good friends eddie and billy and to me this is the most billy-esque eddie solo it's very uh you know uh held back it's not a mile a minute he plays notes very tastefully holds them kind of like how billy does it feels like a zz top solo in a van halen song to me uh especially that section we just heard right and then it kind of goes into a very tasteful uh coming up whammy solo where around this time a lot of bands who i won't mention we're just going crazy on the whammy, but didn't have the taste, uh, in my opinion, that Eddie had with using the whammy. So that part, that section to me was really awesome. I could not agree more. Uh, Billy Gibbons to me is an underrated guitar player and soloist. Uh, and we talk about this with Eddie. Yeah? He plays the solo that fits the song. He's not just, look at all the notes I can play. Blah, 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 and all the yeah, you're right. I can so put that, on this it, right? solo fix this right. song, right? I, I love the little tease, the, uh, the pre- solo little musical interlude on the keys like like whatever and it's like it almost makes you feel like okay we we've ended the uh the second chorus we're gonna get into that solo because that's how van halen songs work most of the time and uh here comes eddie with that guitar right right not yet not yet no 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 it's just like it's not it's not the song you think it is and then and then when he finally comes in as you say uh way more subdued than a than your typical yeah, Eddie Van Halen blazing, solo. right? And then yeah, Al no, not that at all. very, he switches into this very killer groove, right? Yeah. So Furthering we, the belief that I, I, I think you're right. I think this is, uh, this is an Alex song. This is not yeah. uh, for anybody else. This is Alex's. We've, we've talked a couple of times about um, some similarities to some TV show theme songs and you know darren's mm-hmm. on his magnum pi uh thing and you know i i kind of can't help but as that solo comes in it feels a bit uh almost miami vice-ish to me yeah. i don't know ah yeah interesting it's not up front like a guitar solo usually is it's kind of yeah. underneath it, it's yeah. very 80s it, it sounds very 80s but i thought it was weird that it, we're two minutes and 50 seconds in before we actually heard a guitar I was yeah. going to ask you how far we went to that's actually crazy. hear Eddie. So that's a, that's amazing that you don't yeah. hear any. And you know how Eddie is. Usually there's something in the back. That might get, like I said, usually he likes to use like tapped harmonics. Uh, even, the, you know, he whammy stuff or even like slides that he uses for like for texture elements. There's nothing till right there, right? Yeah. It's like uh, it's another uh, another way of looking how it, this song and Jump share similar qualities. Yeah. 
so that last part right there first of all he he does a very billy gibbons-esque where he does mm-hmm. he's way up high and he goes into the pentatonic and does like a you know a pentatonic low note to to augment that to offset it which is very billy gibbons but he kills it uh in a great way uh and then that last section the way he does that whammy trick is very tasteful and if you try to do that it's it's not a long piece uh but i have yet to replicate it because it's just very tasteful and he's just a master with the whammy right that's a great little piece oh yeah it's a great solo what your image means So many great fills, right? Those fills. Oh, just yeah. Oh, yeah. Great and fills, and every once in a while, he'll just throw in an extra crash, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have the standard crash, and then two beats later, you have another crash. I, I love that. Ne- never mind the guitar. I want to become a drummer now. That's it. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> awesome tune. That yeah. is I'll Wait from 1984. Good stuff. Mark Meyer, do you want to kick us off here and uh, and start voting? I mean, why not? So, Brent, Darren, I know you guys were looking forward to a Sammy tune. The wheel said, nah, listen to this one instead. So, that being said, how do you, Darren, we'll start with you. How do you feel about our, uh, I will wait, uh, from 1984? Would you say that this is, in fact, what dreams are made of? Or is the dream over for you? Uh, I love it. I think it's a killer song. And I think it doesn't, you know, only because there's so many other, you know, hits that were on this album that overshadow it. I think it's a deep cut that is in sore need of more appreciation like we did tonight. I think there's so much to be learned about the entire band uh, just by this one song. So I love it. All right. So I got to make it official. Are made of. Yep, he did not give me the thumbs up. So I got to play the track. <laughs> And it's fitting right. we played a Sammy song right there, right? So there you go. That's right. <laughs> All right, Brett, let's go to you. Uh, give me an indication. Is this what dreams are made of, or is this dream over? Yeah, you know, I mean, 1984 for me as uh, as an album top to bottom, there's probably not a better record in the catalog of this, of this band, regardless of, of, uh, of singer. And, you know, as much as I was uh, pulling for Amsterdam and a little bit of balance uh, tonight, I'm actually, I'm really happy that uh, your magical wheel stopped us on uh, all weight. Cause it, it brought us back to, uh, to 1984 and uh, man, it just, it just rocks. It rocks. And we love Al. It's so nice to see Al be out there. We do love Al indeed. 
Corey Morissette, you're a big uh, Alex Van Halen kind of guy. So would you say this song being very much uh, an, an Alex tune, as we've discussed, uh, would you say it's what dreams are made of or is the dream over? I'm going to go get some Doobie Brothers albums because aside from the big hits, I don't know a lot of uh, Doobie Brothers shit or Michael McDonald stuff, but I could picture him on the keyboards, with, you know, his shock white hair uh, playing along while he was doing the guitar solo. And I had a lot of fun with that. This is a great song. Uh, I'm kind of with Brent. I don't know if there's a stinker on 1984. It's top to bottom. One of my favorite albums of all time. Every song is great. Uh, I don't want to tip my hand for the next 1984 song we spin but uh i'll wait is certainly right up there it was a it was a big hit for the band i think it hit top 20 uh, number 13 uh, actually uh, on the billboard single charts um great tune uh dave sounds great he's in his wheelhouse we talked about how sammy doesn't own a wheelhouse he could sing anything he could sing in the phone book and make it sound great but dave when he's in his wheelhouse he's great and he's great on this track i love the production i'm glad that don landy and eddie van halen fought to keep this track on 1984 because an absolute banger. I love I'll wait. So that brings us to Mark Kamire, who hates everything that David Lee Roth ever did. How are you going to vote? Is this dream over or is this what dreams are made of? It's true. I absolutely hate everything David does. Oh, I can hear Twitter already. Uh, it's a joke, you guys. Uh, no, I- Obviously, this this is uh I've talked about how this there's no bad track on 1984. I know I tip that I tip my hand a little bit too uh too much there, but uh, you know we still there are still lots of room for analyzation. That being said, I'll wait. Um, I forgot for a hot second that this track was on this album until uh we until we spun it and then I had to hear it in my head and go, oh right, it, it, that is nice. What a nice. What a nice uh, uh, find or uh, uh, refind, rather. I don't know what else I can contribute to it other than what we've already talked about. It's not your typical Van Halen song, and I think that works to its advantage. Um, is it keyboard-centric? Yes, it is. But look, you can say all you want, especially uh, uh, the people that are very pro-Dave and very pro-old... Uh, old school Van Halen, whatever you want to say and say like, Oh, well they totally lost it when they added the keys. Well, tell that to the fact that 1984 is probably their biggest album, or if it's one of their biggest album, it certainly has their number one biggest song of all time on it, which by the way, is very keyboard centric. I love the fact that um, Darren and Brent, you guys called this uh, the, uh, the, not the anti jump, but the opposite of jump, because I think that's very, very fitting in all the best ways. Uh, and I just now all I want to do is listen to this song and jump side by side and just kind of just go through them both just to hear the dichotomy of the two different tracks. The yin and the yeah, yang, right? The yin and the yang, absolutely. And but uh, it's missing one thing though, right? Like, because we talked about yeah. that section before the guitar solo where there's that keyboard goes on for yeah. about 10 seconds. I feel like as much as I love Dave as well. I feel like that section it was begging for a Dave spoken word quip or something right there, right? Like a slow where he just speak sings, right? I might that have suit agreed. is you. <laughs> something like that where he's like, you know, that's what. Oh, listen to them keys. Yeah, something like where he kind of speaks, you know, his Dave sexy voice. But I feel like right there it could be like he were it was begging for like him speaking right there, a little section, right? I could I can see what you mean by that. My only pushback against that is the fact that the, the content of the song 
really doesn't seem like it uh it would call for that because he it, this it seems very straightforward uh in the lyrics and as we said like he he's telling a story in in this particular song he's not kind he's not doing his usual rothisms if you will um so i don't know I, I feel like if he if he threw in the little spoken words while it would have been on brand uh for me anyway this is just me uh i don't i think that would have done i don't that, that might have lessened it to a tiny degree but i could be wrong i no, guess that's, it would a, just that, that's the, a good counterpoint man you're right good counterpoint yeah, i guess it would depend on what exactly he would be saying in that in that uh little section but um I still am cracking up the fact that uh, that I feel like that was going to be a moment for people to just like, all right, all right, they got that out of the way. Here comes the rip roaring solo, and Eddie just does not give it to them um, <laughs> because because why he's like, no, 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 this this ain't the song for it. Wait, wait a couple more tracks. It's fine. Well said. You mentioned the the uh, sales for 1984. It's actually their second uh, highest grossing album. 11.7 uh, million copies sold, uh, just under go. Van Halen one, which is 11.8. So. Well, I stand corrected, but still, number two, that's still very big numbers. Absolutely. And the nearest uh, Sammy album, 5150, only 6.8 million copies sold. Only? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> only six times platinum. Can you believe it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't know what that's Is that like. recent as of now? Like, how, how recent is that? Because like, I'm curious. I always like to track to see how these albums over time, you know, do they change? Do they volley for position? Like, is Van Halen 1 always over 84? Is it? up and down or you know that's a good call i'm just looking on bestsellingalbums.org and that's how they have them ranked uh today but yeah i don't know when the last time uh they actually uh you know reassessed that who knows 1984 could have passed it by now it's very close so the, they're like one of only a handful of rock bands who have like back-to-back -back or two diamond selling albums if i'm not that's mistaken. right there's only a few uh, i know def leppard has uh two diamond albums pyromania and hysteria and van halen is one there, there's a couple yeah. others too we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Van Halen, and we just did that with our track from 1984, I'll Wait. Good stuff. And we did it with two pro Sammy Hagar fellas, which goes to show you we can all live in Van Halen harmony. It's it's all good. It's it's fine. We, we all appreciate the music equally. Doesn't matter who's now, singing. You say that, Mark, but uh, I got to tell you, we, we've started doing live shows. And yes. we have one coming up on December 17th. We're going to talk with a bunch of people from the uh, Deep Dive Podcast Network. But I'm already thinking uh -huh. towards January. And I thought, what better live show can we do in January than maybe get uh, the two folks we have on the panel here tonight, Brett and Darren from the Boga Soda Show, and maybe uh, our two friends from the DLR cast, and, and do a live show with them. And we'll spin the wheel twice and hopefully get a Dave cut and a Sammy cut and get there and just have them fight it out. That and Mark cool, and I can man. kind of be, cause Mark and I are Van Halen. We'll be lukewarm water. We're in the middle. We'll have the DLR guys <laughs> as fire. The, the two Darren's come face to face. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That sounds to me be? like a, that's a big old round table of fun right there. I, I think we're, we're all into that. Absolutely. You're in? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to pitch it to the DLR cast guys and see what they say. That might be coming in January. I'd be very interested to get you guys on there with those boys and uh, yeah. spin the wheel a couple of times and see what we get. We'd be honored to be on that. That's great. Those guys are great. Excellent. Only because I am an agent of chaos and that sounds like the most chaotic show we could ever do. So absolutely, <laughs> I'm into that. So <laughs> I love to see it. Love to see it. Can't wait for it. So get ready. But Corey, you just mentioned a live show in December. Uh, you don't forget you guys uh we, we were we had such a fun time in our anniversary show to do a live 
show and uh we got a lot of great feedback from it we decided let's do that again so december 17th get your calendars ready live show and the podcast will rock and uh i'm i am anticipating uh lots of mayhem lots of laughter and of course lots of rock and roll good stuff uh am i forgetting anything Corey? uh no that's about it december 17th you can uh, check us out on youtube uh, at podcast will rock and on our website, www.podcastwillrock.com. Uh, we're hopefully going to have a lot of people from the Deep Dive Podcast Network on. I know uh, Scott uh, from the Uri Heap uh, show, uh, the Magicians Podcast will be on. Uh, Kevin from the Tom uh, Petty Project will be on. Uh, a few other people have expressed interest. Uh, uh, we're we're uh, A lot of guys are, are, are overseas, so 9, yeah. 9 p.m. Eastern might be a little late for them, but I've talked to, with a few of them about pre-recording something too, but we're going to celebrate... Uh, the Deep Dive Podcast Network, which we're happy to be a part of, uh, December 17th. And, and if you're around and uh, kicking around, we'll we'll post a link. Maybe we'll bring you on the show, too. We're going to spin the wheel twice. Uh, we're going to get two shows out of it to kind of carry us through the Christmas season. And uh, hopefully the, the wheel gave us two big hits, actually, last time. Well, they gave us Tattoo yeah. off a, a different kind of truth and a big one off of uh, OU812. Uh, so I can't wait to see what we have uh, coming up for the live show. And you heard it here first, January the bogus Otis shows boys are in for a live show with the DLR cast guys. So I'll, I'll reach out to them. Hopefully we can get uh, Sammy versus Dave. Uh, we'll settle <laughs> the argument once and for all. <laughs> can the internet <laughs> handle it? <laughs> <laughs> or we do this. If, all right, here, here, here's, I'm just going to throw this out there uh, and we can scrap it. You can cut it later if this doesn't work. But if we happen to spin only because I know there's a version out there. If we happen to spin, a track like ain't talking about love. I recommend we listen to both versions. We listen to David Lee Roth's version that we all know and love, but then we listen to Sammy Hagar singing it. Um, I know for a fact, there's a great, there's a great live recording of him doing that. Probably one of the only uh, like live recordings, at least that I have found uh, of Sammy doing Dave tunes uh, and not sounding like he hates his life, actually. So uh, I'd, if, if if the wheel is kind, or if uh, if both both parties are interested in something like that, that I'd might be, be something. Brent, you down for that? I'd be down for that. That is what dreams are made of. Yes. See what I did there? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Love it. Keeping it on brand. So we're just we're spitballing ideas. But yes, January we're gonna try and make that happen. Uh, DL uh, DLR cast the balls in your court, but. Brent, Darren, thank you guys so much for being on the show, man. Thank you for providing your insight and for sucking it up and doing a uh, Dave tune as opposed to a Sammy tune that I know you guys were looking forward to, but it's all good. You had some great uh, great feedback, great takes, great commentary on this particular track, and we appreciate it. Please let the audience know where they can find you guys uh, and where they can tune into your show. Darren, Darren, do it. Do it. I was going to say, so uh, we're on Facebook. Bogus Odor Show. Uh, we're on all your uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find your your podcasts. Uh, we, we will be soon coming to YouTube. We're catching up with you guys. Uh, but yeah, we are just, we are excited. We love your show and we're very honored to be here. So thank you for having us. Yeah, this uh, this is this has been a, an absolute uh, honor and, and pleasure. We're we're big fans of you guys, and we really appreciate you uh, having us on, giving us uh, a little bit of airtime. And at the end of the day, um, you know, it's Sammy first for us, but it's uh, it's all it's all Van Halen, and it's all good. And uh, it was it was fun to chat about all Wade tonight too. 
Well, we were honored to have you. I know listening to your last show, uh, you guys talked about Wolfie. You talked about everything Van Halen. And any show that flies the flag of Van Halen, we're all absolutely all for. Uh, you guys are doing a fantastic job on the Bogus Oda show. I know you're, what, two episodes away uh, from the end of season one. And your last show, you kind of teased maybe some some big stuff coming up. Is there anything you want to promote here tonight that's maybe coming up in season two? Ooh, um, so we, we've got a pretty cool guest for show number 13, which will be our, our final episode of season one. Um, and it's, uh, I would say, uh, one degree or less away from Mr. Hagar. We'll, uh, we'll keep it a secret for now who our special guest is going to be. Um, but that one's going to be coming up in the middle of January. So definitely want to want to tune into that. And um, we've got some tentacles out all over the place. Darren and I have been uh, working hard behind the scenes to uh, to line up some cool guests for the new year. And, you know, uh, I think we're going to have some fun and uh, and we're going to have some really uh, special people on with us as we as we get into season two. Yeah, yeah we're, we're pretty excited. And I'm, I'm uh, Corey, as a fellow Canadian, uh, I'm chipping away at Mr. Kim Mitchell, who I know is a Ooh. Sammy fan to... Uh, uh, get his take and get him on the show at some point. So oh, I'm working, that would be I'm working a, away on that. Kim Mitchell is phenomenal. I saw him a couple of years ago for the first time. Still puts on a great live show. Love me some Kim Mitchell. I can't wait to have that uh, happen on the Bogus Oda show. That's going to be great. And we thought it would be cool to get him because I said, Kim, you don't have to, no one's going to force you to talk about guitar. We just want to hear your take on <laughs> singing and vocals and Sammy because I know he's a big Sammy fan, right? Who has opened for Van Hagar? <laughs> I know Mark's a big Kim Mitchell fan. You saw the video for Go for Soda. <laughs> yes, I, I yes, I I totally saw that. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys, for coming on uh, the Bogus Oda Show. Get it wherever you get your podcast from. I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, you had some great ones coming up. Uh, CJ Chilvers was on there. Um, you did a, an episode of Marching on Mars that I was a big fan of. Um, you guys are absolutely phenomenal. Thank you uh, for doing a show on Sammy Hagar. It was long overdue. I can't wait to get you on a live show with the guys from the DLR cast so we can finally battle it out and decide once and for all who was the better frontman for Van Halen. We'll decide that in January, I'm sure. Ooh. There can be only one, and time will tell in January whom that will be. Apologies to Gary. Uh, but anyway, Corey, <laughs> Corey, where can they, where uh, can the people find us when they want to uh, check out the show? Where can they find you when they want to just shout you out? Oh, they can find us at uh, www.podcastlarock.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook now, which Mark is uh, handling for us uh, mm -hmm. at Podcast Will Rock. And you can find us as part of the Deep Dive Podcast Network, which features such great shows as uh, the Magicians Podcast with Scott, uh, the Uriah Heat Podcast, uh, Nate and John uh, at the Deep Purple Podcast, The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered, Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Paul, Joe, and David at the In the Lap of the Pods Podcast, Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, uh, Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, The Ultimate Aussie Podcast, Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, George and Hattie at the Judas Priestcast, uh, myself, uh, John Mariano and Scott Haskin at Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, John and I also do another show called Backtracks Theme Music, where we're talking everything music and movies. Clay and Rye at North by South podcast. Greg and John at So Far, So Pod, So What, talking everything Megadeth. Kevin at the Tom Petty Project. 
Quinn at Adam Volume for All, and Sav, Nick, John, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. Woo! All fun stuff, all great stuff. Get all of your rock and roll podcasting needs met right here at the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. You can find me at Mark the Bat on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, just to yell some whatever nonsense you want at me, go ahead. I'll probably take it and run with it because that's usually what I use Twitter for is to ramble about nonsense. It's fun and cathartic for me. Um, or you can just tune into the show because you know I like to rant about nonsense too. Mostly it's about how much uh, we just want to reiterate we are not experts in Van Halen. We're not experts in rock music. We are just simply fans who enjoy a thing and we enjoy talking about it. And for the most part, you all love talking about it with us and we appreciate you. Take a shot and that'll do it for us. We are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. Later.